welcome to Asia PMO podcast, Transform Your Biz Today with Karsten Lay, founder of Asia PMO and OKR Asia. My name is Joel Zaria, and I am going to be the moderator on today's podcast. I am a digital marketing manager based in Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam, uh, where Asia PMO is also based. Um, today, we'll be talking to Karsten Lay, the founder of Asia PMO. Karsten, how are you today? I'm great. How are you, Joel? I'm doing great. So I want to start off with the following question. What do you mean by transform your business? Yeah, I think that's a good question. And we are already in the fifth, sixth episode. Maybe we should have started in episode one like that. But it's a great question, Joel. <laughs> um, transform your business. If you look at our backgrounds, of course, we want you to jump out of the current environment you are in. I mean, maybe the current environment you are in means you're the organization of your company or the market environment or whatever doesn't work for you. We want you to break free and be able to jump to other environments, yeah, like the fish in the background. So it means, for example, if you feel that your projects are going too slow or you don't have the right people who can drive projects yeah, or can work in a more adaptive, agile way and result-oriented rather than only when you give them a very strict top-down planning. Um, this is where we want to help you transform. The other thing where we are very strong at is customer and employee experience. So if you, if you get the feedback that you are not fully delivering for your customers and you don't know why, yeah, we can help you in that to really find out what your customers want. We can also help you to find out what your employees want if you get your turnover rate back. Yeah? So transform your business means it's not a self-sustained exercise just for fun Yeah, that we tell you you have to change your business. No, there's a purpose behind to make you more successful in these very volatile markets at the moment and in a very volatile workforce environment. Great. Um, so tell me a bit more about you and Asia PMO. Why and how did you start your consulting business? Yeah, we, we, me and my partner, Bruce Butler, we met 10 years ago in Vietnam in a company called Home Credit, where he was the COO and I was the project manager. And we, re we soon realized that we are very good working together. He was more like a senior person who got the political things out of the way and the motivational things. And I was more like the project management person who really steered things on the ground and dealt with the teams and made things happen. And in this cooperation, we were thinking ahead if our success working together inside of Home Credit, yeah, and both of us have background in Maxine C. Deloitte, so we both have consulting background anyway before we met in Home Credit. If our success of working together cross-functionally in Home Credit making project work through a lot of departments, building up project management office and organization who controls the project and uh, also steers the project in the company. And then we had a really nice project in home credit, what I mentioned before. We were building up together also customer experience in home credit Vietnam. Yeah? Then we departed a little bit. Uh, Bruce went to other uh, banking and finance jobs. I went to Lazada. Vietnam, where I was fully in charge of customer experience and customer service. And after 
my experience in Lazada two years, which was also very interesting, but also very heavy, I decided I want to get out. And Bruce and I started to build Asia PMO. And then one year later, subsequently also OKR Asia, because there was, was a huge demand on OKR consulting, which we also know from Lazada. Um, where do you think the demand for, for OKR came from? I mean, pre-COVID, the, the, the demand for OKR came uh, especially from startup companies. I mean, a lot of startup companies, they start too agile. You know, like a lot of, a lot of traditional companies, they are, very, they are now too top-down nowadays. But five, six years ago, a lot of startup companies like Lazada and Shopee, they were so agile they had every month a different strategy and they did every month something completely different. And as we know, that doesn't work, right? So they needed a framework where at least in a three months focus, they have shared and common objective and key results to measure. And then three months is still pretty flexible. And then in three months, they can change again. So this was the demand pre-COVID. Now post-COVID, because the market got very volatile and the workforce got very volatile. Um, now we see also a lot of more traditional companies who are to top down on the other spectrum that they have to go away from a one-year KPI planning, from a top-down planning, where the workforce wants to be included in creating the ideas, in creating the results and the objectives. Yeah? So there are two push one was that startups needed a framework, but still pretty flexible. And now after COVID or during COVID, we see a huge push on OKR that um, traditional companies need a more flexible framework than KPIs. Great. Um, just for the audience, um, for those who don't know, can you tell us what top-down means? Yeah, yeah, top down means is when, when like in a KPI, key performance indicator environment, when your uh, upper level tells you exactly what to do, right? And they don't tell you why. That's the difference to objective and key results. So, and you don't, you, you don't, you cannot give any feedback. You don't have any right to speak up. I mean, I know that 10, 20 years ago from the banking and finance environment, we got our targets from the upper level. And we were, we were, um, we we had to fulfill our targets, even if they make sense for us or not. Yeah. And now in OKR, we want at least give uh, open a feedback and a discussion culture where people can challenge that. Yeah? Great. Um, in terms of scale, do you plan on scaling Asia PMO globally, and how do you plan on scaling? If yes. Yeah, we we already we already on a customer side we are already operating globally, and that's very interesting. And that happened also almost to say thanks to COVID because the the need that consultants go inside to the offices is not so high anymore, and maybe will not come fully back again. Yeah, because companies want to save travel costs and um, and also look for for global experts uh, online. Yeah. Um, we see that a lot now. Um, now that's on the that's on the um, customer side. Yeah, um, on the on our on our capability side, we run a full and Joel, you know that because you are part of this pool. Uh, we are, we run a full freelance based consulting. 
That means the advantage for us is that whenever a client has a project and he needs five to 10 consultants with specific skills, we can bring them normally very fast in because we have a network of 20, 30, 40 consultants. Global for us means now we are building a network now also in the US, Canada, Europe, Latin America. We are just onboarding a Canadian agile consultant and scrum master. Yeah, I mean, why do we do that? First, we are, of course, more reliable and credible if we have somebody in the region and maybe, maybe he can fly in one day if it's necessary. But on the other hand, I mean, you don't want to meet us at 2 or 3 a.m. at night. We are not in the best shape, right? So we should also be fair to our clients not to uh, work on crazy times in our Asian time zone. Yeah, that's why the scaling up global was first from a demand side, now we are we are catching up on the resourcing and the freelancer. Awesome. Sounds exciting. Uh, what do you think is your biggest success factor? I think our biggest success factor is, is very interesting. And we, honestly speaking, we haven't planned it, right? I mean, I can now tell everybody, wow, we had this genius idea, but we didn't have it. So we started with project management consulting, right? Even very traditional waterfall project management consulting, right? I mean, how to build a project, how to plan it for six to 12 months, how to run it and so on, yeah? And then uh, due to what we discovered, what we worked on in Home Credit and in Lazada, we came to the topic customer and employee experience. And customer employee experience are not psychological topics. I mean, they have a psychological part where you have to understand the client, but it's also market research and feedback. So it's about data. But the main part of customer and employee experience is also making projects work inside the company, cross-functionally between sales and marketing, between, between the people who are in charge of the app and the people who are in charge of the delivery in e-commerce to really make customers happy. So in order, if customers have, have major complaints and a lot of customers have the same complaints, you have to run projects. So you need project management skills and customer, and, and customer experience and employee experience. And then how do you put a framework around that? That's where OKR comes in, right? OKR KPI planning, because your projects and your initiatives have to come from somewhere, from the strategy, from objectives, yeah? So having all these topics and covering all these topics and also having now more agile capabilities, not only waterfall project management, also agile project management, we cover a pretty wide spectrum, which, which clients need. Yeah. Clients sometimes approach us, oh, can you help us with the OKR planning and execution? And we soon realized, oh, but they, they don't have a good project direction management below. Yeah. Or they don't have a good strategy on top or they forget to focus on customers. And we see that in the OKR side, yeah? So there's a, there's a huge cross-link here between our topics and being, being a consultancy who is not only um, focused on one of the topics, we can bring it a little bit together, yeah? I think that's, that's an advantage, which we haven't planned, honestly, but it grew for us very nicely and customers appreciate it. Great. Um, how do you see transformation on a regional level in Asia and on a global level? Yeah, it, it, 
on a, on a regional level in Asia, it depends also a little bit on the maturity of the countries, right? I mean, we have a huge OKR demand in countries like Singapore. So Singapore is already a very most modern and westernized country where topics like OKR and customer experience are uh, pretty much in demand, yeah? Um, in countries like, like, for example, now Vietnam, Philippines, or Indonesia, we still have to explain these topics a little bit more. What is OKR? What is customer experience? And we, we still have to start maybe really to introduce uh, uh, action management uh, like Asana or Monday.com that, that they have some data or some, some stuff to work on, right? And some system to capture it. So it's a little bit more basic, depends on the country in Asia. And on a global level, what we see, and funnily, how do we go to a global level? Often we start with a customer in Singapore and they like what we do. And then they bring their US headquarter or their, or their European headquarter in and they introduce us to them. Why? Because they realize we can help them to work between departments and between, between countries better together with measurable results. Yeah? So on a global level, it's really breaking the barriers between countries, breaking the silos between departments, yeah, and helping people, giving them the tools, giving them the systems to work internationally together. Yeah, in in Asia, it's it's a little bit more team based and more company based. Cool. Um, I think we covered all the main points today. Um, Karsten, do you have anything else to add before we close out? No, uh, thank you, thank you for Joel for for joining us today as a host. And uh, yeah. okay, thank you very much. A pleasure, anytime. All right, thanks everybody. 